transmission. Radio Revision. Welcome to the Rebellion. How are you guys doing? Another episode of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. I am your host, as always, Alberto Calderon, here to have some fun with you guys on this great Saturday evening. Thank you guys, as always, for joining us. Um, before we start, just want to make sure all our friends, or all, all our fans down there in Texas, South, all that area where there's getting have been getting hit hard this past week by that winter storm. Hopefully it's starting to die down. All you guys are doing okay. Best wishes for everyone out there is moving out to the east side, east coast over there. I got my brothers up in Boston. He should send me a picture from over there. I think he said the fifth storm in seven weeks that they has no storm. So it's not over yet for parts of the country, but hopefully everyone is hanging tough. I know I've been there, not with the cold, but been without power for weeks on end after hurricanes and thoughts of that, things like that. So I know how hard it can be. So hopefully you guys are hanging, hanging tough and can get through this. So hope everything's fine here. We're lucky. Florida right now, it's a sunny 65 degrees. So we're thankful for that. But here we are talking Star Wars on another great Star Wars Saturday. Maybe we'll start calling that Star Wars Saturday. But Gonna have fun today. We're talking the great book by Justina Ireland, A Test of Courage. Look at that. Look at that beauty. A Test of Courage. That cover, man, it doesn't get talked about too much. But the, co the cover by, I just saw the name of the illustrator, Peter Antonson. Did a great job in the, the cover design and some images inside. We're going to be talking about it in a few minutes. But before we start, let's cover real quick, not even cover, just mention a couple of news out there that happened this week in Star Wars, since we're not really doing the news anymore, just if there's something big, then we'll do a whole episode about it. But I, I don't know if you guys have noticed, we're not doing the weekly news like we used to do the past two seasons. Uh, basically, there aren't a lot of Star Wars news right now to fill a whole show, basically. And some of the news, so I don't want to be grasping at news out there. Some of the news hasn't really been that great or too much to talk about so we haven't been covering it but just a couple of things to mention a lot of this season has been talking about about the books the high republic books we did last um lot of the jedi last week doing a test of courage this week in a couple of weeks we're doing into the dark then we have victory's prize the throne trilogy and a lot of books coming so there's a lot of publishing news for star wars we just learned either, either Thursday or Friday, I can't remember exactly, E.K. Johnston is finishing her Padme trilogy with a new Padme book called Queen's Hope coming out later this year, I think around the summer or start of fall. Also, a I think it's called The Way of the Sith, similar to Way of the Jedi. Might be getting the name wrong, but uh, Secrets of the Sith, I think it's called. It's from the point of view of Palpatine, of Darth Sidious, talking about the Sith and the history. So that's going to be a good pickup for you guys out there. 
And then one news rumor that dropped yesterday from Kesselron Transmission. I know some people out there don't like leaks or spoilers of this nature. So if you don't want to know, just mute for the next 30 seconds. But there's rumors out there that Aladdin star Mina Masad, it hasn't been cast, but it's in the running for the Ezra live action, which I'm all for it. I've always been on back in Mina Masad for this for this role. So if it happens, it's going to be a great pick for Star Wars and for him, obviously. So we'll see. But that's more or less the biggest news out there. Some other news we don't cover. Um, all right. So before we start with a test of courage, again, this is going to be a full-on spoiler review. We're going to dive into spoilers for this book, A Light of the Jedi, maybe mention something about Into the Dark. Who knows? So we'll see. So if you haven't read those books, you might want to come back a little bit later or just don't worry about it. Uh, so anyway, you know how this show goes, how this show works. So let me say hi to a few a few friends are here. Our great friend Cam. Cam is here. Cam Ray from the Semi-Productions. His, his YouTube channel is growing fast, so make sure you're following him. I know you're close to 100 followers soon. Hopefully you got there. If not, go and follow, subscribe to Cam's YouTube show. A lot of fun, quick videos, music videos, whatever you want. Cam's your guy. Our friend, Mr. Rez is here. Tony, how are you doing, Tony? And Nicole Marie from Peace Love Star Wars. Hello, Alberta and fellow Star Wars pals. Hi to everyone. You're excited for Queen's Hope. So I'm excited, but I haven't, I didn't read the second one. I read, I want to say Queen's Shadow, right? That was the first one. I didn't, haven't read Queen's Peril, which I believe is the second one. And now Queen's Hope is coming. So I got to get on that before I can get into Queen's Hope. So we'll see. Um, Cam, you mentioned about A Test of Courage, a great book, too short. It is a little bit short. It's a little like 240, 260 pages, but being a middle grade book, I think works for that demographic. You don't want to make it 400 pages like Light of the Jedi and Into the Dark, because some younger readers might get not bored because you don't get bored with this book, but it might be a bit challenging if you have a, a book for a 12 year old and it's 400 pages, they might not gravitate to it. But it's a great book. So yeah, we're going to be talking about it right now. So let's get on it. So if you guys are ready, I'm no one ready. Let's talk Star Wars. So our spoiler review of A Test of Courage. And as always, if you follow this show, you know that I skip parts. I forget things I'm supposed to mention. And then I remember at the end of the show. So before we start with our Test of Courage review, I want to remind you guys, if you're watching this, to so make sure to hit that like button. It's always good to know that you guys are liking what you're seeing. If you don't like it and you hit that thumbs down button, that's okay. We don't take it too hard. We'll just cry on our corner for a day or so and then come back stronger the next week. Uh, comment if you're watching this later on the replay. Whenever you guys get a chance, comment on what you thought about a test of courage. What are your thoughts so far on light on the High Republic? And of course, if you're in the chat right now, just start sending those thoughts and questions. We'll go through them throughout the show. And subscribe. If you're not subscribed yet, make sure that you subscribe to our channel. Hit that little subscribe button. It's right there. It's really simple. Just, just click on it. I think it's on this corner. It's a red button. Just click on it. Trying to get to 100, 100 subscribers. I believe we're at 84 right now, so 16 more. And once we get to 100, at some point, we'll do either a movie commentary or a watch along of a movie, a TV show, uh, 
uh, four episode arc of something. So let's get there first and then we'll decide what we're doing. And if you're listening to this on the audio podcast, make sure you also subscribe to it. And it's, it always helps if you guys leave us a rating and a review. There's some great reviews out there from you guys, some great uh, comments about the show. So it's always glad to hear those. Got some last week about the Light of the Jedi video. So thank you guys who saw it and then posting on it, just pushing us forward a little bit more. So thank you guys. All right, so there you go, Nicole. Jumping right on it, J6 is one of your new favorite droids. We're going to talk about J6. He's a mixture of a couple of droids out there, I think, but he's a great, he switches so much, not switches, he evolves during the the book, which is kind of cool. We haven't seen that in droids before in any medium in Star Wars, so it's pretty cool to see it. So, okay, if you guys are ready, I know I'm ready. For the second time, let's talk Star Wars a test of courage our spoilers review of justina ireland's middle grade book a test of courage i said it on twitter i said it on my review on my website you want to call it a website yeah radio rebellion podcast.wordpress.com all the reviews out there for the three high republic books for the last throne book chaos rising and also News about, I forgot to mention, a new Boba Fett comic series is coming. It's going to be jamming with Darth Vader, the Darth Vader comic, the Afra comic, and the main Star Wars storyline. It's an interconnected story between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Boba Fett loses Han Solo in Carbonite and needs to get him back before delivering him to, Han, to Jabba the Hutt. That's going to be a great series of books by Charles Soule. Come on. What else do you want? Charles Soule is that guy right now if you're writing Star Wars comics. His Darth Vader comic is awesome. The Rise of Kylo Ren is pretty cool too, um, which connects to the High Republic. So make sure you know, if you re- read the comics book, the comic books that you pick up that one where it comes out, I think starts, there's one I think that comes July or August and it continues the whole run in September if I'm not forgetting, which I may, but just go to my site and you can read all about it right there. See, that's how you do a transition. All right, so let's get on it. Um, let, all the, um, ah, let me take a sip of water because I'm, I'm getting all mixed up already. So A Taste of Courage by Justina Ireland. Like I said before, and I don't know how many places. Yes, it's a middle grade book. Don't let, the, don't let that stop you from buying this book. It's not just a kid's book. It's a very Star Wars book, heavy on lore. So if Light of the Jedi, like I mentioned last week, which I call a movie trilogy in, in scope because it's so big, so much, so many stakes on it, it's a all-encompassing galactic-wide event. A test, of score, a test of Courage feels more like a three to four episode arc of a great TV show, be it Rebels, Clone Wars, The Mandalorian, or even Resistance. And that's okay. Just because it's a TV show, it has nothing to fear from the movies or anything. Um, a Test of Courage is a great book. It's a smaller, more centralized story that doesn't directly influence the main conflict that we saw in Light of the Jedi, but it's still in the same universe and still suffering the consequences for the, from that bigger galactic event. Yeah, Tony, you're right. Always got to hydrate. It's got to have that water close by. So Justina Ireland delivers a great middle grade, a great middle grade book, which shouldn't be dismissed by all the readers 
as not being worthy of their time, like I said. It's filled with great themes of Star Wars that we love, so found friends, found families, learning valuable life lessons, believing in yourself, not judging others by first impressions, and confronting your fears head on. Confronting your fears is the destiny of a Jedi. Luke Skywalker said that in Rise of Skywalker. And in this book, you gotta confront your fears, and these are young characters. Um, it is also, I'm reading my, my what I wrote here, so sorry if I'm just looking to decide. It's chock full of Star Wars lore, how the Force works, how the Jedi of the era use and connect to the Force. These are young characters which are between 12 and 16 years old that are forced, haha, forced to deal with the loss of family, loss of mentors, and how do you use those feelings or how those feelings might affect you moving forward and the decisions you, decisions and actions you undertake with these feelings. We know Jedi, you gotta be careful, careful how you let feelings affect you. You shouldn't have these deep connections to other people. And that's some of the things, especially in Into the Dark, we won't get to it right now, but do we mourn those who are close to us? We're, thought, we're basically as people, as human beings, if we lose someone that we're close to, we're going to mourn them. We're going to have to deal with those emotions. As a Jedi, they tell you to shut that down, put in that back room up there and forget about it. A Jedi doesn't have emotions. You shouldn't want to control that, right? If someone moves on to the Force, they're now one with the Force. We don't want to keep them with us because that leads to everything else that Yoda says. But is that realistic? And that's more that's touched more in Into the Dark, and we'll get to it over there. But in, in in a test of courage, we have characters that lose their parents, lose their mentors, lose their masters. How do you deal with these emotions now being a 12-year-year-old Padawan, Jedi Padawan with no master, or a 16-year-old kid that just lost his dad? So those are very real-world themes translated to Star Wars. And again, a middle grade book that a lot of people think this is a book for kids. These are themes that are universal. Doesn't matter if you're eight years old or 80. These are very deep and important themes in life. Touch here in the Star Wars world in a great way by Justina that makes a young reader or an older reader gravitate to the book and to these characters and to what they're going through. So that's why I say don't sleep on this book because it's a middle grade book. It's Star Wars from page one to page 250, however long it is, it's full on Star Wars and you gotta you gotta deal with it. So it keeps going, will a young Padawan be seduced by anger and revenge and fall prey to the dark side of the force? Wink, wink, how, where have we seen that before? Sorry, right here. This guy, right? Anger, suffering, hate, lost people close to him, see what happens. So here we have We'll go more into detail when we talk about the characters, but Imri Kantaros, the young Jedi Knight, lost his master. Is he going to fall prey to the dark side? Again, it's you got to read this book. Um, will a talented young Jedi Knight live up to her potential and be able to lead others and serve as a mentor to other Jedi? Bernestra Rowe, great character, one of my favorite new Jedis from the High Republic. We learned that the path to the dark side is a long winding path and not a one, not a one and done event. Uh, there are great quotes in this book. You know me, I love my, love my quotes in Star Wars, and this book has some great quotes that will live in Star Wars forever. 
There's especially one at the end of the book that rivals, to an extent, the great Qui-Gon Jinn quote from Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray, when he's talking to Obi-Wan, telling him why he chooses the light over and over, over the dark side, it's not to win these galactic events. I choose the light because it is the light, and that's why being a Jedi is so important to him. And choosing the light over the dark, not letting you fall to the dark side. It's not a cosmic event that I gotta win. It's I choose the light because it is the light. There's a great quote at the end of this book by Jedi Master Skier, the Trandoshan Jedi that we meet in Light of the Jedi, and he's on some of the High Republic comic books. Has a great quote at the end, and we're gonna talk about that. It is a character-driven story that relies on the reader connecting with our main group. Like I mentioned, I'm not worry about the what's going on outside this moon where they land, where most of the story takes place. Don't worry about what's happening outside. This happens basically at the same time that Light of the Jedi is going on, but it doesn't connect back to you're not going back and forth. So we follow one storyline and that's it. It's not this jumping back and forth like we did in Light of the Jedi. Uh, we learn so much about how the Jedi of the High Republic view the Force, how they begin to interact with it, which seems different to the Jedi that we know from the original trilogy and prequel trilogy. We know, we've always said, is that one of the reasons that Anakin falls and then the Jedi just get duped by Palpatine and just the fall of the Jedi because they're so rigid in their views of the Force in general, which I love. I love how the Jedi are shown in all of Star Wars, all the movies. I just love Star Wars law. I mean, Jedi law and Force law is my favorite. But here we start seeing, we saw with a lot of, lot of the Jedi and with a test of courage, that the Jedi of the High Republic view the Force and the relationship with the Force very different from the Jedi of old, basically, that we know. So it's very cool to start seeing how how this relationship between the Jedi, the Force, the Jedi Order, the Jedi Code, all that's gonna start changing to what it is when we meet them in the prequel trilogy. And it all starts with, with these, two, these three books. I should say, when A Test of Courage and Light of the Jedi came out, I read Test of Courage first. Um, I ordered them from different places and the copy of Light of the Jedi was one of the autograph copies. So that one came in about a week later that when it was released. So I asked out there to you guys on Twitter, which do I wait for that one to come in or start reading Test of Courage? A bunch of you guys said, don't worry, read a Test of Courage first, minor spoilers and really doesn't change the story. So I read a, read a Test of Courage first. I was a little confused when they're talking about denial and they said, oh, this group is a strike. We gotta be a cloud. I, don't knew, I didn't know what was going on. But then when I went back and read Light of the Jedi, I had a little bit of context to it, which was pretty cool. So reading a, not the order, I guess, that you're supposed to, but it really doesn't matter. So if you're waiting for one of them, just read whichever you want, even Into the Dark, you can read that before, but it doesn't matter. You can read all of this in the same. It's like you said, Cam is saying, I like that you can read them in any order and still, still pretty much be okay, and you're right. It doesn't matter which order, order you read these three books, you're still, you learn a little bit from each one that you can then go back to the previous one or the next one and see where it connects. But there's no this big reveal that you're just gonna be completely lost if you didn't read Light of the Jedi first, Into the Dark last, it doesn't matter. Quick Into the Dark spoiler. 
the thing is with Into the Dark, if you read Light of the Jedi, and you know what happens to Master Jorah Mali, who's Reed Silas Padawan Master, when you're reading Into the Dark and he's complaining about not wanting to go to Starlight Beacon and writing all these letters to his master, when you know that she's dead already and that's gonna be heartbreaking for him, especially with everything he's gone through, ah, that's, he's a little bit different. That's Into the Dark. I think that's in three weeks we'll be doing our Into the Dark spoiler. All right, so where was I? Uh, so like I said, everything that we're learning from the Jedi of all, how they interact with the Force, how they view the forces through the eyes of these young characters and the situations they find themselves in. A lot of the Jedi might have all of the great Jedi masters of the area, of the era. We have Eva Chris, um, Elsor Mans, Kier, Douglas Sunvale. Um, sorry, yeah, Douglas Sunvale is there just a little bit. Loading Great Storm. Uh, Bell Sadifar, Joran Mali, a bunch of new, the great, the great Jedi of the era are in Light of the Jedi. But for me, this middle grade book dives deeper into Force lore. There's a lot of things we learn about the Force and things of the past that you learn through a test of courage that you didn't get through Light of the Jedi. Maybe it's because I read this book first, but I think you learn more about the Force in this book than in Light of the Jedi. Uh, the Yes, it's a middle grade book, so it is an easy read, it's easy to follow, and that's not a bad thing. One of the biggest complaints out there, or yeah, complaints that I've heard about Light of the Jedi is that it can be a little bit complicated, a little bit difficult to follow because there's two dozen characters, there's jumping back and forth between different places, so it might be a little bit difficult to follow for yoga readers or people that really don't like to read too much or just get bored reading because attention span and I understand completely. Test of Courage is not that. I read this book pro probably in two and a half to three days, taking my time. So it's an easy read, but it's a great read. Um, so yeah, it can be enjoyed by the younger crowd while making it an easy follow for more veteran readers without making it boring or childish. Uh, we all love visuals, like I said, and this book, not just the cover, but in that inside, there's some great um, illustrations that help you follow the story a little bit more, which I hope they did in adult novels also, because then we know a little bit more about the characters. So in here, let me show you this one real quick. So after you read certain action scene, then they have an illustration about it. There's about three of them here. It makes the story more engaging. Uh, you know the characters a little bit more just seeing them visually. So it's very cool to see this. I hope they do this for more books out there, even adult books, so hopefully. Um, so the characters are well-rounded and explore different facets that we all can relate to. If you like Jedi, we have two of them. If you like droids, like our friend Nicole, there's two of them, J6 and another little droid out there that they find. Uh, there's a young mechanic that is not satisfied with just knowing the answers to questions. She wants to know how to get to those answers. And that's great for young kids out there, uh, boys and girls, don't just take the answer because someone told you, yeah, yeah, that's the answer. She wants to know how to get to those answers and that's very encouraging. Uh, we also have a privileged young kid that has to deal with a tragic event of losing his parent. Um, a Jedi, uh, Padawan Jedi, like I said, has to deal with losing his master. 
And you can see yourself represented in one or more of these kits. And I, for one, am very excited to see where the stories go on, where the stories are going to take them next. Uh, we all want our children our, and ourselves growing up to have someone that we can relate to and feel represented by. And the different characters introduced here will help some kid out there get that validation. Uh, it's a coming of age story for all our characters. They all go through some test, a test of courage. Ha, ha, ha. That's my second pun. But it's true. They all go through some deep test that they have to pass. And their courage is tested. Their will is tested. And again, Justina Ireland did a great job with this book. I don't just want, every time I want, I don't just want to say it's a middle grade book because that might degrade it in the minds of some people out there. Same thing when you said, oh, it's a YA book. It's a young adult. Some of the best books out there, especially in Star Wars, are YA. Look at what Claudia Gray has done with all her great YA books. So just because you hear YA or middle grade, don't let that deter you from reading a cool Star Wars story. If you read the synopsis and it's something that gravitates to you, just grab it and read it. There's some even younger books out there that I've heard are pretty cool. I just talked about illustrations. Nicole, I see your comment. We'll talk about it in a minute. There's a book, I forget the name, which is an illustrated book that talks about the events of Light of the Jedi. So if you have Light of the Jedi, you want to see that, how does it play out visually, then you can get this book, which is about eight bucks out there. So there's ways to do this. And again, Star Wars is for everyone. You can follow this story from age six to age 80, like I mentioned. High Republic so far is knocking it out of the park. Ooh, all right. So Nicole, you're saying that you like the illustrations. My, my imagination will still hold its own own thoughts, but it gives my imagination something to go on, correct? Uh, we all visualize our characters different, the scenarios different, and that's what makes the story more engaging. But seeing a couple of illustrations help, because that way when you hear a character's name, you have that image in your head, and it's a little bit easy, easier to follow. All right, let me take a quick sip. So what do you guys think of a test of courage. Again, if you're watching this later on the replay, just let us know in the comment your general view of this book. If you've read it, if you've been interested in reading it, but have stayed away from it because it is a middle grade book and you're just watching this review just to get caught up on it, totally fine, thank you. But I do implore, it's a big word, but I do kind of give you a little push, a little nudge, you go pick it up. It's not that expensive. You can find it out there right now, and it's it's a great read. It's pretty quick, but it touches in a lot of those important themes in Star Wars that we always are talking about. And I think Justine Ireland did a great job here. So great job. Um, we learned a few months ago she's, she has another book coming, which I think is a YA book. This is 12 to 16 years. It's the target age range. A test of courage was 8 to 12, so this is a little bit older. Um, Out of the Shadows, which will follow again Vernestra Rowe, which is our main Jedi from Ates of Courage, and Reed Silas, our main Jedi from Into the Dark. I can't wait. Those are two of my new favorite Jedis. Vernestra Rowe went to that tough spot next to Avar Chris. And after reading Into the Dark, Orla Jaren is, is mine. She's, she's mine. I, I feel her. But Reed Silas is a very interesting character, especially where his path is going to take him after Into the Dark. So having those two characters together, both Jedi Knights, similar age. Uh, Vanessa Royal is two years younger. She's 16. 
In this book, Reese Silas is 18, I believe, in Into the Dark, but she's the youngest Jedi Knight ever, which we're going to talk in a few minutes. And she's very, extremely skilled in the Force in every aspect, and Reese Silas isn't. So we're going to see how that plays out. And then, yeah, Nicole. So talking about YA books, Nicole, you're saying that C.S. Lewis Chronicles of Narnia was initially classified as children. Those are very deep books. Brothers Green Fairy Tales are far from children's stories. And even this book is YA. That's okay. That's okay. That's how we started this review. Doesn't matter. That's okay. Those books that you mentioned, Narnia, Brothers Green, some fairy tales. I try to read those to my kids sometimes. I get, oh, are they ready for this? Fairy tales from back then, they'll be a lot older now. But yeah, and we all are young at heart, Nicole. At least we try to be. Especially if you're in Star Wars, you need to be young at heart. We always say Star Wars is for kids or was made for kids. Star Wars is for everyone. You have to be young at heart to enjoy everything and don't fall into that pit of despair that can be Star Wars Twitter at times. Not always, but a lot of times. But if you're young at heart, you'll find something to love in this great franchise that we all love. All right, so let's start our ratings. You know how I do my ratings. We give out probe droids, not stars here. And let's start with the story. So the story of the book, real quick, like I mentioned, it's a great story. It's an easy read. It has a lot of those big themes in Star Wars that we love. It starts with, we have our main Jedi, Vernestra Vern Rowe, meeting with Avar Staros, Avon Staros, um, Imri Kantaros, which is the other Jedi, his master, Douglas Sunvale, and honestly Webb, which is the the ambassador's son from this planet of Downey, I think it is. And they're going to the Starlight Beacon celebration because they want Downey to join the Republic. He's going with his dad. Everyone's going. There's a big contingency from the planet that's going to Starlight Beacon. But there's two now strikes, which are the lowest of the low in the now pyramid scheme. And they are trying to sabotage this, this starship that they're going, I think it's called the Steady Wing, because they don't want the, the Republic to come into their turf. Don't come to the outer rim, stay away, we don't want you. So they sabotage this ship on its way over there. Ship blows apart, but the kids are separated from the parents. And Vernestra and Imri feel Douglas Sunvale, which is the master, and Honestly, his father died when this explosion happens and they're separated. So then she starts feeling, okay, I hope this doesn't affect Imri too much. He's a young Jedi, only 12, just lost his master. I hope this anger and hate and frustration and fear, all these things out there, all these emotions don't lead him towards the dark path. Anyway, they make it down to this moon and a lot of the book is them trying to find where to live, where to take shelter, I should say. Avon Staros, which we'll talk a little bit more when we talk about characters, has this droid J6 that she's reprogrammed to be almost self-aware and start picking up on things that become the droid that he wants to be, not what he was programmed. We'll talk more about it in the characters. And basically by the end, they see that these two Nile that blew up the ship are also in the moon trying to finish their kids off because no witnesses. And after devising a plan, Imri and Honesty are captured by the two Nile strike because they were trying to kill them. They were they felt that anger. 
of losing their parents and their master. Uh, Vern comes to the rescue, rescue both of them, but at the same time, Imri has this pull to the dark. He starts fo force choking one of the Nile. Vern has to basically use the force, force push him out of the way to break the hold. And then they have this lightsaber fight, which is no, it's not a contest. Vern is, I mean, Imri is overmatched because Vern is just so good. She has a light, a light whip. Come on, a light whip. It's in one of the illustrations. And we're going to talk about light whips, light whips in a minute. And then at the end, they use the ship that they now had used to get to the moon to send a message out there. And I, I rescued a few days later by Master Skier and Keith ah, Travis, Trennis, Keith Trennis, I think it is. I rescued by them. And then Keith Skier has a great quote about the light and dark that we're going to talk in a minute. But the story, like I said, it's an easy read. You learn a lot about the Jedi. You learn a lot about the Force, about the past, about lightsabers, light whips, and all that stuff. So for this story, I give this book a four probe draws out of five. Great story, an easy story to follow. You're, you're never lost. Great characters. So in this story, a test of courage, four probe droids. I think I gave Light of the Jedi four and a half probe droids. So this tells you how good a test of courage is. Again, again, don't sleep on this book. Ah, man. This Florida evenings, man. It was, what was it? It was like 36 degrees on Thursday or, yeah, Thursday. It went down to the 30s. And then two days ago, no. Wednesday was in the 30s, Friday was in the 80s, now we're in 65, so man, temperature drops and changes. Um, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so where are we? So ease of reading. I said again, this being a middle grade book makes this a very easy book to follow. You don't get bored. It doesn't talk down to you if you're an older reader. It's an easy book for young kids. I read a few chapters to my daughter. She seemed engaged. People that say, oh, I like the book. So I do the the audiobooks because I just can't read. I can't follow it. I just don't have the attention span. I think this book helps. You can go through 40 or 50 pages in one sitting. And it's an engaging story. So I think ease of reading, again, it's going to be high. We'll give it also a four probe droids out of five because it's an easy read and it's a good read. So four probe droids out of five for ease of reading of a test of courage all right here we go let me get my notes a little bit because it's an important one we're talking characters now new characters so vernestra row here we go the first jedi that we meet a great jedi she's a 16 year old jedi knight like i mentioned she's the youngest jedi knight she Past the trials on her first attempt where she was 15. Her master is Stellan Geos, with we met in Light of the Jedi, but not that deep. I'm surprised because Stellan Geos is one of those characters that was pushed in the forefront when the High Republic was announced. We saw his lightsaber, the way the hills open and close. But we haven't seen a lot of him. He hasn't, he wasn't in Into the Dark. There's a quick mention of him in a test of courage and a little bit of him in Light of the Jedi. I'm not sure if he's been featured too prominently on the comic books, but we haven't seen a lot of Stellan Geo, so I want to learn more about him. Uh, 
Bernestra Row, that's the one. That's my favorite Jedi from this book. Top three Jedi so far in the High Republic. Um, we also meet Master Douglas Sunveil, which is the Jedi Marshal of Port Haylip, which is this outpost in the Downland sector where the story starts. That's where we have the Honesty Web and his dad, that Downian ambassador is going to the High Republic. I mean, they're going to the Republic to the Starlight Beacon to be part of the Republic. So Douglas Sunveil is the Jedi that's over there. His name is mentioned in Light of the in yeah Light of the Jedi. So there's a little bit of background right there. Imri Cantaros, Cantaros, like we mentioned, is the Padawan to Master Douglas Sunveil. He's only 14. He could perceive the feelings in others. That's how he feel the force. He could perceive feelings in others, but he wasn't the Jedi he was supposed to be or that he thought he was supposed to be. His lightsaber wasn't really focusing the energy blade, the energy of the kyber crystal. It's a dull light. And he was jealous of, of Bernetra of how quickly she's moved up through the ranks, being only two years older. And there's a lot of frustration there when he loses his master, he starts feeling angry, he starts feeling hate, revenge, all these things you shouldn't feel from being a Jedi. Cam, you're saying, talking about uh, Stellan Geos, that he must be part of the second wave of books. He's in the comic yet either. Again, we've already, apart from Out of the Shadows, I know Kevin Scott has another book coming out around summer. Uh, so yeah, second wave of books. We know High the High Republic era right now is divided into three phases. We're just beginning the first one. So there's a lot of places he can show up. So we'll see. And you're also adding that Bernie Sosom. I'm really excited for her and Rift to work together. That's going to be great. Out of the Shadows, I don't know if that's going to be a sequel to A Test of Courage or just these two characters working together. But really interesting in that chemistry, how they're going to work together. They have two very different views of the Force. Both of them went through something in these two books. It's going to be interesting to see how they work together. We know by the end of this book, that Vernestra Skier tells Vern, hey, you should take Imbri as your Padawan learner. Is she going to? It's not really cemented by the end of this book. Does she already have a Padawan? We know that Reed Sala picks a Padawan at the end of Into the Dark, but it's going to be interesting. You love her light whip. We're going to be talking about that light with lightsaber in a minute. Also, she's pretty comfortable delving into the darker side of the forest, but just for balance, I don't see her, I don't see her as going bad, Cam. I think you're right. I don't think she's going to the dark side. I see her a little bit, the Obi-Wan of this era. She knows a lot about the force. She knows how to control those emotions. She tries to be that mentor for other Jedi. I see Avar Trees as the Yoda right now that everyone gravitates to her when they need answers to something. And Vern is kind of the Obi-Wan right now. She's still growing up. She's the Obi-Wan that we meet in Phantom Menace, right? This young kid, very talented in the force, already ready for a Padawan learner. So, so we'll see. It's going to be interesting, that dynamic. Uh, Avon Staros, like I mentioned, it's not a Jedi, but she's a great addition. Avon Staros of the Staros family. Uh, there's a Staros in canon already that tried to pass a Han Solo's wife in some comic books. So there's some history there. 
She's only 12. She's the daughter of the of Senator Gira Staro. She's an inventor. She's a tinkerer. She's the Star Wars version of Tony Stark, or if you wanna go, Riri Williams, or yeah, she's that inventor. She just wants to invent things. She wants to learn how lightsabers work. She wants to learn how to deactivate or block the force. Uh, she's very interested in kyber crystals throughout this book. And she re reprogrammed her droid J6 to kind of just pick up as he went the type of droid he wanted to be. And by the end, she's kind of, oh, I might, might have given him a little too much, too much independence out there. But her story is, a little, is tragic, the story of Avon, because we learned that she's by herself. She's 12. She's by herself in Port Haleap. It starts because her mother just sent her away because she's more inter she wasn't interested in diplomacy. Her stuff was science. So she just go away. But as the book goes on, as she talks more to honesty and to Imbri, because they're same age, we learned that she and some of her family members have been taken hostages. And I think her uncle came to her rescue and he killed everyone. So her mom wants her to be safe, send her to Port Halep. She knew Douglas Sunvale, so Douglas kept an eye on her. Also, Bernestra knew her and tried to keep an eye on her. And that's why they were all in this place going together to Starlight Beacon. So her story is, uh, is tragic, but she doesn't let that hold her back. I think this is a great character that we're going to keep seeing in Star Wars. By the end of the book, um, Emery Cantaros, when he has that lightsaber fight with Vern, his lightsaber is broken in half. The kyber crystal is also broken. And I think he gives the kyber crystal, or not the kyber crystal, but the lightsaber to Avon to study, and she keeps it. So we'll see how that works in the future. So J6 is Avon's, Avon's protocol droid. He was half warden, warden, half nanny, and all attitude. I saw J6 as he progressed as a mixture of K2 and L3. Had the independence of L3, as vocal as L3, but also the sassiness of K2, and a little bit of IG-11, because he was also a bodyguard droid, and he kicks butt in one of these parts. He goes into the now ship, throws them out, has guns blazing, so he's a very interesting droid, very funny, and they start questioning how much independence they should have gave. They actually gave him. Uh, Honesty Webb is the Downland Ambassador son. He's the son of the Downland Ambassador. He's only twelve. He judges people very quickly. By the end, we see they has to change. Uh, they undergo this thing called a metamorphosis trial that they're basically sent into the wild because they have to learn to be independent in this place where they live. He was trained. He wanted to be a medical officer in the military of Dalna. So his skill sets comes into play when they're left alone in, in this moon. But at the same time, it's this kid that might be a little too presumptuous or has been blessed with a lot of wealth and things of that nature when he meets Avon, they clash at the beginning. But yeah, J6. You gotta love his sassiness, Nicole. You're right. I think we'll see more of J6 in a minute in later books. So, whew, man, I don't know. I'm losing my breath. It's talking too much. It's a great book, guys, again. And then we have the two now that we meet are Gwishi and Klinith. Not the easiest name to pronounce. 
and there's a mention of Kasaf. So I didn't know who the who was Kasaf. I didn't know what was a strike or anything. So when I read Light of the Jedi, I knew who, who Kasaf was, one of the Tempest runners. I knew the hierarchy of the Niles. It made a little bit more sense. So great characters. Again, if you like Jedi, there's two Jedi here. Uh, very Obi-Wan type Jedi, just going through the ranks, very focused on her side of the force. And this other Jedi in Imri Kantaros that just went through a devastating loss and how he deals with those emotions. Again, very you can see the parallels between Anakin and Obi-Wan here. Uh, and again, you also have Avon Staros. If you don't gravitate too much to Jedi's, we have an engineer, we have two droids and a regular kids. So it's a lot of great characters. I think a lot of people are going to gravitate to. And I almost skipped this. So we give new characters four and a half probe droids. Great characters in a test of courage that we can wait to learn more about. Canon connections. So here is a little bit, again, it's a new story in a new era. So canon connections are a little bit difficult to come by. But we do, let me see where, where am I? There are some connections of, oh, here we go. So there's mentions of Hosnia Prime, mentions of Pasana, a pilgrimage to Jedi, Batu, nuts for the hair. So there's a there's some canon connections here. It's again the difficult part with ranking or rating canon connections in the High Republic. Again, it's a new era, so everything's gonna be new. But I think there are some great canon connections here. So we give this a three. Well, where is it? Here we go. Three probe droids in canon connections, and yes, Cam. J6 is the new or the old L3, if you we want to go that way. Three probe droids in canon connection, but then expanding Star Wars. And this is the one I love for the High Republic. It expands Star Wars like no other book out there. I mean, like all of the others, but four and a half probe droids in expanding Star Wars. Like I mentioned, we learn we learn a lot about the force, a lot about lightsabers, how people connect to them. So so let me read some of the new stuff that we learned here in this book and why I decided to give these four and a half stars in expanding Star Wars. So, like I said, the way that Vernestra and the Jedi of the High Republic view the Force is very different from the way that the Jedi that we know view the Force. There's one part where Vernestra thinks, did grief hinder a Jedi's ability with the Force? And she certainly hoped not which is very different. Again, we've heard time and time again, don't let, don't grieve. Don't try to hold that connection or that, don't try to keep people. If they're going to die, it's a natural part of life, right? If you want to keep them, that's control. I forget the other word. That's what Obi-Wan and, and Yoda tell Anakin. All those dreams, all those visions you're having about someone close to you dying, you have to let them go. Here, Vern is saying, I hope grief is not doesn't hinder a Jedi's ability. And grief, if you're going to the dark, Komak, Master Komak, his whole journey is about grief and how he deals with it. So again, here we start seeing that Jedi see the Force a little bit different. Imri, um, sorry, Vern, like I mentioned, modified her lightsaber into a light whip. And there's a great story here later that's talking about lightsabers and light whip 
and light whips were used by the Sith and by the Night Sisters of Dathomir. So it was more of a dark side kind of thing. And Imri says, I was led to this design by the Force, and I don't believe the Force is telling me to go to the... I mean, it says, I was led to this design by the Force. I cannot believe that the dark side directed its construction. Again, that's great force lore. If you and she kept it secret, she didn't want people knowing that she had a light whip because it's gonna bring all these thoughts into people's mind. But she she followed the force, not just what that Jedi Order might say, which again plays a lot in into the dark. The way she transforms her lightsaber to a light whip is a, with a switch on her hilt, very similar to the way that Ray changes colors of her lightsaber. So how she turns her lightsaber on, and we see all the different colors. So there's that theory out there that she can change the color of the lightsaber blade. So she Vern cha changes from a lightsaber to a light whip just by a, a, a flick of a dial, which is very cool. Whew. Vern was also concerned that losing Master Douglas could lead Imri to be tempted by the dark side. Like we mentioned, it does happen at the end of the book. She has to bring him back. Ooh, excuse me. We also learned that light whips were used by the Night Sisters, like I mentioned. There's mention of the Sith Wars against the Jedi. And they also use light whips in there. There's something called a testimony of Servile the Uncanny. Come on, that's a very Star Wars thing that we learn mostly in Rebels and Clone Wars, or the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise, no, the testimony of Servo the Uncanny. I gotta know who Servo the Uncanny is and what his testimony is. Um, but it says that the whip was something used to defend, to defend against Sith that used the forbidden forms. Are these lightsaber forms like we know in Star Wars lightsaber forms? Is it some type of dark side use? But Servo the Uncanny said that the Light Whip was something that the Jedi used to defend against the Sith that used the Forbidden Forms. I really want to know what that is. Maybe in that Sith book by narrated by Sidious, we'll find that out. Um, Asian Jedi that had started the Sith is another thing that's mentioned. And then that there are Force users with few fewer rules, like the Night Sisters and the Guardian Guardians of ja Javin races and cults that found something of value in the chaotic chaotic nature of the force a lot of new star wars expanding star wars so that's why i say this book yeah it's for kids look at all this stuff testimonial servo the uncanny night sisters guardians of javin dark side users use dark Sith using the forbidden forms this is stuff that we don't learn in regular canon books so it expands Star Wars four and a half probe droids, like I mentioned. Whew. All right, we're almost done with our show today. Not completely, but almost. Okay, so before I finish with our overall rating for Test of Courage, let's go to my quotes. Like I said, you know me, I love my quotes in Star Wars. I mentioned some great quotes from Light of the Jedi, and there's some great quotes here. Um, in Light of the Jedi, we learn a lot how the Jedi connect or visualize the Force. Is it a song? Is it a blaze, a tidal wave, a leaf in the forest like Buriaga, the Wookiee? For Vern, she's talking about her Kyber crystal, and she says that it sings to me and my spirit returns her call. Um, Vern talking to Imri about the Jedi trials 
because Ingrid says, I want to be a Jedi Knight. I want to take the trials. I'm ready. And she says, you'll be ready when the Force says that you are. Um, all is as the, as the Force wills it, as we hear Rogue One. God bless you guys, Rogue One. But all is as the Force wills it is mentioned here a few times. Um, and this is great. Again, we sometimes talk about Padawans and Masters. Are they there as a father figure or just to be that teacher in the force a lot of people say this what if what if qui-gon didn't die because he was this father figure for anakin that maybe might have helped him come back the his dark side nature and here there's a uh, avon i believe he's talking with imri or and honestly they're talking about losing their father and their master i think it's in avon talking to imri and she says, I'm sorry about your father. He answered, he wasn't my father, he was my master. Then Abel goes on and says, what did your master taught you? He taught me what it means to be a good Jedi, to be more in tune with the force and a lot of other things, how to be a good person, all that. And then she answers, that sounds like what a parent does, which again, are Jedi masters filling that void of a parent to Jedi ones? And then how should a Jedi Padawan or any Jedi in general feel if they lose their master or another Jedi they have a connection to that might be more than just that master Padawan connection? Should they mourn them? Should they hold those emotions emotions inside? And then again, that's gonna come in, come to a head in Into the Dark. So let's say hi to our friends, Force of Light. How are you guys doing? of light you guys are doing great a lot of your channel is growing doing a lot of wandavision reviews i know you have that just reach 400 followers or subscribers in on youtube channel so congratulations you're gonna be giving away that wandavision pop so you guys make sure you're follow, following them commenting on their videos and you know you can't win those great pops and things that they're giving away thanks for being here <sighs> uh when Douglas, um, when he loses his master, Avon's, I mean, Vern tells Imri, he died doing what a Jedi should always do, put the will of the Force, the protection of all life beyond yourself. Uh, the Force works in mysterious ways, so part of being a Jedi is trusting in the Force even when it's difficult. And that's when that battle between the light and the dark side comes, especially for a young Jedi, all these emotions going on. You should always... Trust in the Force. And we hear that a lot in Star Wars, trust the Force. Again, Rogue One says this. Um, Jean's mother, when she hands mm -hmm. her the Kyber crystal, she tells her, trust the Force, trust in the Force. Here we have Vern telling Imri, we should always trust in the Force. To be a Jedi is to trust that the Force works in mysterious ways. We don't forget that in the end, all is how the Force wills it. And then here we go. This is my favorite quote of A Test of Courage and my favorite quote in the High Republic so far. This is Master Skier talking to Bernestra Rowe after they've been rescued. Vern tells Skier, Skier about Imri's touch of the dark side when he force chokes one of the Nile and he fights Imri, I mean, he, she, he fights Vern because get out of my way, I'm gonna kill them because they killed my master and I'm just out for revenge. And she knows this is wrong, he touched the dark side. And Skier has this great, great quote, which again, I think goes side to side, hand in hand 
with Qui-Gon's quote in Master of Apprentice of choosing the light over and over again because it is the light, Skier says, the force is not so simple and neither are the emotions of living creatures. Most Jedi have felt the temptation of the dark side. It is only natural, natural, but we resist it. It is a deliberate path to the dark, not a series of bad days. Being a Jedi is about choosing the light over and over again. And I think that's a great sentiment for the Jedi and for us, because we always, oh, he did something, he's going straight to the dark side. It's not a one and done event. Going to the dark side, it's a series of bad days, a lot of bad events. But as a Jedi, you have to choose the light over and over. You might have those temptations to the dark side. You might walk the path, like you mentioned, Cam, at the beginning, that Vern kind of walks the line sometimes using the light whip. She knows it's wrong because she's been told that this is used by dark side, but she was directed to the force to this design. But she leans to the light always. She chooses the light over and over again. I think this is great moving forward. And again, this falls straight in, into the dark, what all those Jedi go into and having to decide light side, dark side being a wayfinder, a wayseeker Jedi, taking the Barash vow. It's a lot of stuff in Into the Dark that I'm not gonna say it right now. With there's a lot of Into the in in Into the Dark that touches on that point of choosing the light over and over again. But the building blocks start being here in here in this again middle grade book for children. No, there's a lot of force Star Wars stuff, force lore in this children's book that just blows my mind away. Again, Justina Ireland did a great job, has me psyched for what these characters are gonna go through next. And I love that quote by Skier. That's gonna, I'm gonna keep it up there as one of my favorite ones. Whew. So Cam, you're saying, love that quote. There are so many great ones reading the, regarding the force. It's not being just light or dark. Again, that's the High Republic. The High Republic so far has been that. It's not an easy, it's the light side of the dark. There's another great quote in Into the Dark. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it's Master Cormac talking to Orla Jareni saying, I think there's a problem with the Jedi Council and the Jedi Order, the Jedi Code, dissecting the Force like something that is going to be served, like a perfect dissection of light and dark. The Force is not that simple. And we start seeing that here, like you mentioned, it's not just being light or dark, it's, there's a lot. We've been taught for 45 years or whatever, force lore in all the movies and all the TV shows. No, it's cut, it's cut dry. You're either light side or you kill some people so you're going to the dark. Nah, not really. But what happens, and this is what gets me so excited for the rest of the High Republic, what happens from right now that we're starting to see this different view of the force with in all these new jedi what leads from that to the jedi we meet in the prequel trilogy that are so constrained and rigid palpatine says he tells anakin don't fall it's not just the dogmatic views of the jedi there's so much stuff and i've been like ah shut up Sidious. you're just an evil sith lord and let's go check the history can't wait to see where that transition is. So great stuff coming out for Light of the Jedi. Uh, Cam, you're adding balance in, includes knowing all of it, but choosing the light is good. Uh, that's like Wayseeker Jedi. That's my new thing. I, I'm not a fan of the great Jedi concept. 
way sicker, Jedi. That's that's where I'm at. Uh, Nicole, you're adding definitely balance. Made me think of gray. That in between again, the gray. I, I have a problem with that term, gray Jedi. And I'm gonna plug my my stuff. So in RadioRebellionPodcast.wordpress.com, I wrote last week a breakdown of what I think about Great Jedi, the Barash Vow, Vow, and Wayseeker Jedi's. What the three of the the three of those concept means, and which I gravitate to more. I'm fine with force users that use both the dark side and the light side. I just don't like themselves being called great Jedi because Jedi, if you're a Jedi, you have to follow the Jedi code, basically. Even if you agree or not, if you're a Jedi, you follow the Jedi code, you do this balance of going to the dark side to serve some purpose, then you're not really a Jedi. You're a force user that gravitates from both sides. So that's why I'm really more interested in the way seeker Jedi that needs to fear that I will talk about that when we talk about Into the Dark. And of course, the Barash Vow, which are Jedi that have been touched by the dark side. I want to come back to the light, but need to go on this deep retreat of meditation. So again, check what I wrote on my site. If not, come back here when we do our review of Into the Dark, and we're going to go deep into those themes. So yeah, Wayseeker, Jedi, Wayseeker all the way to go, Cam and Nicole. Wayseeker will be the in-between. So have you read Into the Dark? I don't want to spoil it but Wayseeker basically is a jedi that's not having this battle with the jedi order they follow the force and the living force if the living force is telling me to do one thing but the jedi code is telling me something that contradicts what the force is telling me who's right and who's wrong i have to believe that the living force is right so i'm gonna go Wayseek and do my own thing I'm still part of the Jedi, but I'm trying to figure out if being in that Jedi is really what the Force is telling me. And that's where you can say, like you're saying, Cam, you saw someone relate Ahsoka to being a way seeker. I don't want, I haven't read this maybe, because Ahsoka still is in that in between, but she went to be a way seeker or Ahsoka left the Jedi Order, she was basically, she didn't like the way that the council treated her and blamed her for this bombing. And then at the end, oh yeah, those were your Jedi trials. And no, I'm gonna leave because I don't think what you're doing is right. She doesn't believe in the council. Wayseekers don't believe in the Jedi code, I think, because the Jedi code tells me, again, sorry, spoilers for Into the Dark, the Jedi code tells me not to mourn the death of my master or the death of someone close to me. When the thing is for Orla, they're in a hostage situation trying to rescue someone and she feels the force as an instinct. She follows her instincts, but in this situation, her instincts went against the Jedi code and the Jedi order. So she followed that instead of her instinct, people died. If I had followed my instinct and followed the way of the force, I could have saved those people. So I gotta decide what's my path, the, the living force or the Jedi. So again, it's a lot, it's a lot. So anyway, it's great. Ahsoka, maybe she can be a 
So can you are not consider, considering the self a Jedi, but they stay close to the force and follow its leading? Nicole, you're agreeing with him. And I, again, those this is what I love about Star Wars and the Force. You can just see some different a lot of different ways. I think a way seeker still seems sees herself as a Jedi, but she need, they need to figure what that really means. Ahsoka broke with the Jedi because she didn't believe in the order. I'm not a Jedi anymore. I think if you ask Orla, she's a Jedi, but needs to figure it out. So maybe Ahsoka just made that step. Anyway, it's a great conversation, and we should have it one day. Ah, so with that said, I give, as a whole, as an overall, four, uh, four probe droids to a test of courage. Light of the Jedi was four and a half, a test of courage, four probe droids. Great book by Justina Ireland. You guys out there should really check it out if you haven't. A lot of great Jedi stuff, a lot of great Force lore, a lot of great characters, a lot of great Star Wars things that we all love. So, whew, that's a lot. So, yeah. I really recommend this book if you guys haven't read it. And if you've read it, then read it again or give it to someone that might benefit from it. Oh, all right, guys. So that does it for us today. As always, make sure that you're liking this video, you're commenting down below, um, subscribe to our channel. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Radio Rebel Pod. You can send us an email if you want to have a longer conversation, radiorebelpod at gmail.com. And also, like I said a few times, go to radiorebellionpodcast.wordpress.com for our book reviews, some big news we might, if there are big news in Star Wars, we might talk, talk about them there or anything that comes to my mind. So check it out. It's brand new. Just been there for about two weeks. We'll have four book reviews, a couple of news items, and my thoughts on Great Jedi, The Barash Bow, and Wayseeker Jedi. So go ahead, check those out. Um, that's it. Again, if you're listening on the podcast, make sure that you also subscribe to it. Leave us a rating and review. Great show as always. Great. Thank you, Cam Ray. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, uh, Tony, for being here earlier. Thank you to Force of Light for being here. Um, I don't know. That's it. So let's finish up with Cam saying, I wonder if the High Republic era Jedi view way seekers as Jedi, but later Jedi do not. So much good stuff. Again, it's... Into the Dark Man, that book, halfway, the second half of that book just took it in a totally different direction. So thank you guys for liking the review and good to hang and chat as always with you guys. So with that said, you know what comes now. So stay safe, be safe, and may the force be with you. Radio Rebellion.